Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's on us. Let's get it. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for more 92.9 The Game Tonight as we get you caught up with all things Atlanta sports and beyond. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in here. Final hour, 92.9 The Game tonight. I've already got a lot of reaction in regards to the fighters uh, on my PM Power Rankings. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's a fair question. A lot of people asking how I only had one boxer. Uh, you know, again, I went with five different disciplines and who I thought is the uh, best of all time in those disciplines. I, I went with street fighting just because I wanted to, Mentioned Kimbo Slice in a top five fighters list. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, probably not. I, I mean, you know, if we had like a worldwide bracket of all fighters, is, is he going to finish in the top five? Probably not. That, that's okay. But that, that you know, that that's what's interesting. I didn't want to just do – I didn't want to just do MMA. And we're going to get to that kind of in, in a moment because one of these outside the perimeter stories kind of has to do – with boxers and MMA fighters that, like, it would be unfair to just do five MMA guys because realistically, like, boxers would not fare well. Like, like with with all due respect to the talent of Muhammad Ali, like, a couple leg kicks and someone shooting, he'd be in real trouble. And, and I think the same would be for Tyson and, and for Mayweather and whoever. So... I wanted to give respects to multiple different disciplines because I do think in real fights, I do think in with non-weapon fights, I do think that most of the time MMA guys would win. I think there's a, a certainly an opportunity for boxers because the fight would start on, on the, the feet to catch one. But realistically, I just think there's way too much going on. I think MMA fighters would beat, uh, like the top MMA fighter would beat the top wrestler in a fight. The top MMA fight, the only, honestly, the only difference, and again, if you guys don't know who he is, is Gordon Ryan. He might fare well. He might. But he'd have to avoid getting hit on his way to taking you down. Because if he gets you down, you're in trouble. If he gets anyone down, I don't care what... Black belt, not like forget about it. But at the same time, even Gordon Ryan doesn't have to defend elbows from the ground, punches from the ground. So, so it'd be different for him too. 
And so I went with different disciplines. And, and I've gotten a, a bunch of Bruce Lees as well. I don't know. Like, I'll be honest. I, I, I haven't seen Bruce Lee fight in real life. I've read it. Like I said, I, I've read a couple stories, a couple books. I, I know he had a number of real fights. I, I think it's tough to sit here and say that he was fighting the best of the best like John Jones has and succeeded. I, I think his physical limitations are part of this. I mean, you ask people now, like, how would Bruce Lee fare in the UFC currently? I, I mean, at his weight class, e even his current fighting style would have to be, like, adjusted incredibly. Be formless, shapeless, like water. You could say that. That's cool. You want to pull up the Tyson one where he says everyone's got a plan until someone hits you in the mouth? Yeah, it's one of that. Like, I, I just, a lot of Bruce Lee stuff is exhibition. A, a lot of this stuff, I mean, it, it's just really tough to try and quantify how Bruce Lee would have done in the UFC, in MMA, today. I, I, I It's just really difficult to try and say. But uh, I feel pretty safe saying that John Jones would not lose a fight to Bruce Lee. That's all. A lot of that has to do with the physical aspect of that, but I don't know. Just don't confuse his movie fighting with real life. That's all. I think a lot of people think that that he won a real fighting tournament in Enter the Dragon. Like, it's not how it worked. It's a movie. Wasting extra energy with all those sounds, too. A lot of energy coming out. All right. Let's go ahead and get to it. It's time to go OTP. It's time for Outside the Perimeter on 92.9 The Game Tonight. All right. The top national sports stories, headlines, and topics, at least the ones that interest me to an extent. And the NFLPA rankings came out in terms of how players view their own clubs, own teams, in a variety of different aspects. And while I do think it is great that it's anonymous and that maybe teams can learn a thing or two about themselves to address over the course of the next year, like I saw one team didn't have seats in their locker room. They had stools, which I guess was frowned upon. Like, okay, they got seats this year probably because of this poll, so good for them. I just, ultimately, I, I, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, Kansas City was ranked 31st in this. I, I don't know what Lamar Hunt does to, to finish dead last in this. Andy Reid was number one. I, I just, no one's complaining. Guys, no one's trying to get out of Kansas City right now because they finished 31st. Like, they just won a Super Bowl. They got rings. I think most of them are pretty happy. Now, they might work their way out because they're trying to get paid. I think that's understandable. But let's be real. No one cares about it. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks signed Lance Leipold to a new contract. They're bumping him up to seven, just over $7 million. An interesting name. He becomes the third highest paid coach in the Big 12. Uh, and I assume they mean what will be the Big 12, not, you know, 
Oklahoma and Texas in the past Big 12. I think they're what will be the Big 12. And look, this was a step they were going to have to take at some point because Lance Leipold was one of the hot names. One of the real hot names around. And if you don't give him a a competitive salary, at some point he was going to leave Kansas. He's been to two straight bowl games. They got some, some pretty good recruits that have been playing there. And uh, it didn't work out this year, but uh, the quarterback Jalen Daniels is preseason player of the year in the Big 12. And and so he's been getting it done there. He got it done at the lower levels before that. If you didn't give him a bump, he was going to leave eventually. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who tipped off a couple moments ago, uh, at least at the start of the game, needed 51 points to uh, get to Pistol Pete's NCAA record. I know there's this big deal about the lower level players who have scored more I just don't care like it's still impressive we don't we don't have to we don't have to put down the accomplishment just because it's not the all-time record of all games played at any level and this and like it's still impressive guys like no one's touched Pistol Pete's record for years I know uh the guy at Detroit came close they tried to get an extra game so he would pass it I think he finished three points shy he bricked the three-pointer at the end uh, of the season, and, and they didn't get that done. But just not that big of a deal. I, it's incredibly impressive what she has done for the women's game over the last two years. And it's not just her. She hasn't been doing this solo. But the target on her back this year and the performance she's put up relatively consistently. I know it's been a, a down game here, a down game there. Uh, just a really, really impressive season for Caitlin Clark. And we just don't need to belittle her accomplishments by saying it's not the greatest ever. It's not like it's incredible, guys. It's incredible what we've been watching, what we've been witnessing. I don't care uh, about what record it is or isn't. And then here we went with the the, the, the comments about boxing and mixed martial arts I, I was mentioning. Ryan Garcia is fighting Devin Haney coming up. And apparently, Ryan Garcia, who's a, an incredibly talented boxer, is offering to step into the octagon for a crossover fight with current champion Sean O'Malley. I saw some comments from both of them, and whether you like or don't like Sugar Sean, like, you got to be realistic here. Like, Ryan Garcia is convinced that he can train three or four months in MMA and beat the current champ. That That is just woefully underestimating how difficult it is to learn things in MMA. I don't even think he's going to condition his shins to take a kick in three months, much less the ins and outs of submission defense, range. What are we doing, dude? I agree with Sugar Sean. Like, It's one thing for an MMA guy to have a crossover fight with boxers and and, and do okay. Stand their ground. Almost win if you're Francis Ngannou. Look decently good if you're Conor McGregor against Mayweather. There's a reason the crossover never happened. Because Mayweather would take one kick and he'd be in real trouble. And it's just a wild thought. And I'm not saying that they would never win, right? Because, like we said, the fights start on the ground. Or, excuse me, start on the feet. But I have to imagine that Sugar Sean, if they do this crossover fight, 
Well, Sugar Sean's not the most intelligent guy in the world. He might actually stand there and try and box. But an intelligent MMA approach would either to be a, immediately throw a leg kick or to just immediately level change, take down, end the fight on the ground. And Garcia doesn't throw a single punch. It's, it's just how it would work in most cases. I, I just The crossover thing is not intelligent. But I mentioned it earlier in the show here. Again, it's Abe Gordon live from the Kia Studios, 92.9 The Game tonight. I mentioned it earlier. There's a couple of free agents I want the Falcons to take a look at. Not the, quote, war daddies, not the big money guys, but guys I think could come in here, play a role, have an impact that are kind of the mid-tier. They're not nothing, uh, but they're maybe not going to cost you $30 million either. I got a list for you coming your way next live. It is Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nineteen on the game and the Odyssey app. Network. Want you rock this place out every night? Talking Atlanta sports at night. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yeah, Spider-Man and Freezing full effect. You know, we picked apart Raheem Morris earlier, and he talked about what Andy and Randy deemed, quote, war daddies. Those are those free agents that are going to come in proven. You know what you're getting. They are high-priced. Multiple teams want them. And they are those dudes. Alphas at their position, right? The Chris Joneses, if they come available. Josh Allen or Brian Burns. Potentially via trade, Legereus Sneed. Depending on how things go in Chicago, Jalen Johnson. All right? I don't know how real or not real those dreams are. After hearing what Raheem Moore said, we talked about it last hour. I think they're going to get someone. I think they're going to get one of those, quote, war daddies as I want to keep calling them. You got to know what you're doing in the draft. You got to know what you're doing at quarterback before you can go ahead and commit to that. Because if ultimately you have to pay for a quarterback, things change. But I'm optimistic they're going to get one of those guys. But we have more than one need. And so they can bring in a war daddy. That's fine. But we're going to have to fill other spots with guys that maybe you aren't thinking about right now. 
I don't want to insult these guys and call them mid-tier, but just a list of free agents I've come up with that I, I would be interested in potentially adding to this team that I think would serve the role and do well at what they need and that, honestly, you probably just haven't thought about because so much of the focus is on Hunter and Huff and Chris Jones, that maybe you haven't thought about what's just under be underneath them. Guys that are still going to come in and have an impact. And, and so I've got a list of guys I deem realistic options that I just want you to think about. I just want to put them on your radar. I just have these uh, on a list, by the way. I did not organize them by position. I did not organize them by projected cost. It's just the the list of free agents. I went up and down it. Every team looked at who's available, and here are my guys. Now, I've said this one before, so I won't spend too much time on them. Uh, Just, you know what you need, right? You could use a safety. You could use a pass rush. You could use a cornerback. Cornerback. You could use another receiver. And and I mentioned this guy is that receiver. Uh, Marquise Brown of the Cardinals. Is he that speedy guy to run alongside London and Pitts? Bengals cornerback Chidobe Awuzie. All right? He tore his ACL in 2022. The Cincinnati Bengals are going youth movement in the secondary. It feels like he could be rounding back to form. Is he a guy that you could bring in? Chase Young. Former top prospect, commanders, also played with the 49ers this year. I think the question there is what's the realistic cost? Is he going to be in the 12 to 15 per range or is he looking for something bigger? How many years is he looking for? I don't know if I'd go big on him, but it's interesting to see, depending on what you do in the draft, depending on what he would be interested in. Jonathan Greenard of the Texans, outstanding against the run, a little less so against the past. Not sure he's the greatest fit, but if you can't get Hunter, Chris Jones, would he play a role? Again, I'm trying to find a couple of free agents just to think about that I think are realistic that would improve this team. These are not the war daddies you speak of. But I do think they have a role, and I do think you could consider them. Continuing, I may be a little bit further into this discussion than many. I think the Falcons could use an upgrade at center. I would take a look at Raiders center, Andre James. I know the Rams also released their center. Could he be at play? Guy that knows Zach Robinson's system, has been with Raheem Morris. I don't know the level of trust they have with him. How about Andrew Van Ginkle, the Dolphins defensive end? He's a great fit for a 3-4 scheme. He's a defensive end who could get after the rush or a passer, but he's also pretty strong dropping into coverage. Again, if you're not getting Hunter, you're not getting Jones, if for whatever reason you don't go pass rush in the draft, is that a route you could go? A couple of receivers here before I get to a pair of safeties. A couple of receivers. 
Bears receiver Darnell Mooney. Now, I don't know if Fields, if bringing Fields here would be more likely or less likely to add Mooney. Obviously, some sort of relationship there. Look, Mooney has some issues holding on to the ball. That's fair. But he is a guy that can create separation. We've seen that on deep routes. He's also got to stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue. Can he stay healthy? Now, here's a guy that's most interesting to me. And I still think there's something there, and it just hasn't showed up. What about Bill's wide receiver? I know you'd love me to say Stephon Diggs. I would love to say Stephon Diggs, but not him. What about Bill's wide receiver, Gabe Davis? This is a guy that a few years ago looked really ready to take that next step, really ready to break out. It hasn't happened yet. He's had some big games, though. He's had plenty of opportunities down the field. Again, it'd be great to get Mike Evans, a war daddy. But if you can't, not sure Gabe Davis would be the worst attempt at bringing in a quality receiver. Guy, by the way, well, another thing I don't hate about some of these options, guys that have playoff experience, wouldn't mind that either. And then one more receiver, DJ Shark of the Panthers. He was not good in Carolina. There's no arguing that. But, you know, if we're arguing that Justin Fields can come in and be better here because the talent around him is better, I would say the same for, for DJ Shark. A better quarterback, maybe less pressure for him to, to be a legit number one, maybe he can regain form. Again, I'm just looking for some help, guys. We already know we need a number, uh, another receiver. We've talked about this being a guy that can stretch the field. Not a lot of options. And so, certainly not a lot of alpha options. Mike Evans may be the only one. Valdez Scantling got... Uh, became available today, like, I would prefer the guys on my list over MVS. I would. But maybe he's an option as well. A couple of safeties, by the way, as well. This one's interesting to me because Ram safety Jordan Fuller obviously has worked very closely with Raheem Morris. And so there's definitely some familiarity there. It would be an upgrade. You do wonder. You have to wonder. I'd love to see him alongside Jesse Bates. And then Jeremy Chin of the Panthers. It's interesting because his play is at a very high level. But apparently, he's not well received by the defensive coaching staff in Carolina. Apparently, Ajiro Evero just does not like this guy. But in college, he made plays. And in his young career in the NFL, he's made plays. That's a list of guys I think could help the Atlanta Falcons in free agency. I'll say it again, by the way. I don't want any of those guys to be the big move that we make. I want someone we know is going to come in and do what Jesse Bates did. I want someone that's going to come in and be an all-pro. Or at least a pro bowler. 
But I don't think you're going to get that at every position of need. And so those are a couple of my names that I'm keeping my eye on. The right price, the right fit, does it work? If I had to pick one of these groups at each position, it would probably go as follows. Of the receivers I listed, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, and DJ Chark, I would probably risk on Gabe Davis the most. I just think he can be better than what he turned into in Buffalo. I think we saw it. I think we saw the flashes. I think that's still there. I think Marquise Brown's a very interesting discussion, though, because you know he's bringing the speed that we're asking for. If I can bring a pass rusher, and on my list I had Chase Young, John Greenard to the Texans, and Andrew Van Ginkle of the Dolphins. It would probably be Van Ginkle. I think he fits the 3-4 scheme. I think he's uber talented. I think Chase Young is probably going to ask too much money and years for the combination of what you might get out of him. He might be playing the rest of his career on just one-year prove-it deals, uh, almost like, like Yannick Ngakwe or something. I, I don't know what Chase Young's looking for. But it's just not good enough often enough. I would like John Greenard, too. I, I just don't think he's going to be leaving Texan, uh, the Texans, ultimately. Uh, and then when it comes down to the DBs, I had Chidobe Wuzie, the cornerback from the Bengals, safety Jordan Fuller, and Jeremy Chin of the Panthers. I, I Look, I maybe we're too close to it in the NFC South. I would love Jeremy Chin on this team. I think he's an outstanding playmaker. It, it makes no sense to me why the Panthers aren't interested in bringing him back. I don't know what's going on with him and Jiro Evero, the Panthers' D.C., but I, I think he's a really good playmaker. You can sign me up for Jeremy Chin. So, look, again, we need some big names, legit dudes. Bring them in. But you're not going to fill every spot of need with legit dudes. And, again, not that these guys aren't legit dudes, but you're not going to fill every spot with an alpha A1 Going to be a pro bowler. So here are a couple of names that I'm just keeping my eye on. Just keeping my eye on. That's all. And look, if I'm right, you heard it here first. And more likely when I'm wrong, yeah, I tried. I tried. We'll see. We'll see. I tried. That's like 400 free agents, man. I cut my list down to like 11 people. What do you want me to do? Anyways, that, that's who I'd like to see. That, that's who I'm interested in. Not my alpha priority. I'm going to be interested to see those guys. All right. We're going to come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight and put a bow on things. One segment left here. It's Abe Gordon live from the Kia Studios. I want to get back into the whole Justin Fields discussion a, a little bit and also the Atlanta Hawks chatter. We started the show off with Hawks. I know I didn't take calls on it, but I got to have that discussion again because people still refuse to acknowledge that you're not watching the same team as you did three games ago. All I'm saying is it's not a coincidence. All that and more in about five minutes. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. It's high 
hiding somewhere in the darkness waiting for nightfall. It's live sports talk in the ATL at night. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thanks for joining us here on a Wednesday evening. Final couple of minutes on 92.9 The Game tonight. And I'll tell you what. And I know this is a personal problem. I have got to be better about taking care of myself in certain situations. And and I guess what I mean, it's not even that complicated. But I came here tonight to do the show and I brought like a, a little lunchbox of, of food that I haven't eaten because I get so into the show and you know sometimes I talk with Garrett in breaks sometimes I'm uh, I'm trying to respond to as many people as I can on Twitter and if uh, I didn't respond to you I apologize but if you want to uh, continue to have those discussions at Abe Gordon on Twitter And so what happens here is I came in pretty hungry. I haven't eaten since I got here, with the exception of a a, a tiny little granola bar. And I don't think about it during the show. The show ends. I head home. And like eight minutes into my drive home, it hits. And I get starving. And it's one of those things where I know I won't be able to go to sleep if I'm that hungry. You guys ever get that hungry? You ever been so hungry you're like, I, if I lay down and try and sleep, all I'm going to think about is how my stomach has nothing in it. And so I've then got to eat something at night. I don't want to eat something at night, but there's no choice. And then you start to roll into the decision-making process. All right. Well, I don't want to spend time making food. You try and justify, all right, what if I had, like, another granola bar? Like, just before bed, a tiny granola bar. Is that going to be enough? Then you get nervous. What if that's not enough? What if you eat the granola bar, you lay down, you're still hungry? Now you got to get back out of bed, eat another granola bar, and you can see where this heads. And so, ultimately, where do we end up? Ultimately, we, we end up with me at the Taco Bell drive-thru, ordering $17 worth of food to eat at 10.30 at night. It's not good for me. I need to stop it. But I know that Taco Bell's appreciative. I know they love me over there. One of these days, and part of the issue is is my schedule, you know, like, like tomorrow I'm back with middays, and so I'm back to a, like a normal lunch, dinner routine. Today's all over the place because in the time I should have been eating, like a a late lunch before I came here, I was waiting out the rain because I wanted to go for a run. But I had this weird like 90 minutes, maybe two hours of downpour, and it was pretty bad. When it first started to rain, like the first like 10 or 15 minutes was wild. And I know that because – I knew I was going to have to wait out the rain. So I said, you know what? I'll take a nap during a storm. Then the dog comes up because she gets scared of the storms nowadays, apparently. And so I heard it. It was coming down. And then I saw it. I did get out on a run, though. I felt good about that. I did get out on the three-mile trot. 
But that should have been when I was eating. I didn't eat. I, I should have made like a chicken wrap, turkey wrap on the way here just to eat in the car. I didn't do that. Got lazy. And now here we are, 10 minutes from the end of the show, and it's hitting me. And my stomach is is getting going. Dude, that's that's my app about eight minutes after I leave here because I've just ordered. They When you click drive-thru and then move to payment and it, like – when you do all that, it it even over the Bluetooth in my car, it does the bell. I wonder what new items they have today. Yeah, you don't have to do it. I already know what it sounds like. I honestly thought, and again, it just comes down to, it comes down to be like being aware of my timing. Like I probably could have eaten during the show, but I just don't really think about it. And then by the time I do think about it, I'm like. I don't think I want, like, one granola bar to, to tide me over. And then I do the weird thing. And we talked about, like, how I don't care how people judge me while I'm walking my dog. Like, we talked about it. Like, I'll shave. I'll just shave while walking the dog, electric razor, just taking the dog out. I will sit there with a plate of Taco Bell while walking the dog and just eat as I go. I don't need to be at home. I don't need to be at a table. I'll just balance it on a plate and get after it. And then midway through the walk, my stomach starts getting after it in a different way. That's all right. We'll see. We'll see ultimately where I end up. I I need to be good today. Probably won't, which means then I'll feel bad tomorrow. Not because of the food, but bad that I shouldn't have eaten all that food. And then I'll try and find... A way to get a run in. And I'll probably hurt my calf, and that'll be that. That's normally the the spin cycle for me eating bad food leading to a running injury. You know, we started the show earlier today uh, uh, talking about the Atlanta Hawks win last night. It was 124 to 197. And look, this is the second straight game where the Hawks have held their opponents under 100 points, okay? It is the first time all season in which they have had back-to-back games holding their opponents to double digits, to less than a hundy. And look, draw whatever conclusion you want, okay? I'm not here to argue for or against. I've already told you my thoughts. I want to keep them. I want to build around them. But I'm also not going to sit here oblivious to what we're watching. Now, it is a two-game sample size. And I'm not letting two games. I'm not going to pretend that two games is 20 games. We will have a 20-game sample size or close to it. And we will have something to judge by. But if you think the Hawks front office is going to completely ignore whatever happens during this stretch as they headed to an offseason of decision, I got news for you. It would be irresponsible to turn a blind eye to this stretch without Trey Young. I don't know what we're going to find out. I don't know what ultimately they determine based on it. And ultimately, it may not have changed anything anyways. But to pretend that they're not paying attention to pretend that it has no impact at all, 
If that is their mindset, it would be irresponsible. And I don't think that is how they're approaching it, by the way. I think they are looking at it and saying, all right, let, let, let's see. Maybe. Maybe all these rumors are true. Maybe there is a market for Trey. Maybe we do believe we can build behind DeJounte Murray. Maybe the team flows better. Maybe the defense is better. Okay. I don't think it's definitive, guys. It's been two games. But I also don't think it's being ignored. And I think that's the interesting aspect of it. Once again, my preference, where I believe, is that the best path forward is still to keep Trey Young and build around him. If that includes DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, great. If it doesn't, fine. But if they see something in these next 20 games, or however many it'll be, and they determine that our best path forward is actually by moving Trey Young, you know what? Fine. Great. I've said this before. I am a Trey Young fan. There's no denying that. I love watching him play. But I put the Hawks over Trey. And whatever it takes for them to win, keep them, trade them, trade both, keep both. Whatever it takes to get this franchise moving forward instead of in the playing round, I'm open to. And if something we maybe didn't expect happens in this stretch, I'm open to it. Again, if you're asking me right now, not my preference, but I'm open to it. The other conversation we're having today is Justin Fields. And just some final thoughts on Justin Fields, because the rumors are heating up. The guys are at the combine. Everyone's associating with everyone else, and it's understandable. And especially with Dukes and Bell, like they they had the most opposing stances on this that I've heard. And I'm just trying to figure out why there's not more people in the middle ground. And, And look, you know what's funny? Oddly enough, the people on Twitter are the ones who are kind of measured and well-mannered about this. Did not expect that. Normally, I get craziness on Twitter, at Abe Gordon, by the way. Normally, it's craziness on Twitter and like a little bit more realism on the phones. And, and the question that I have Like, if you want Justin Fields, it it, it just, for those who are in that boat of bring him here, the question I would ask you is just, why are you so darn convinced he's going to come here and light it up? I'm not convinced he's going to come here and light it up. But I'm also not on the other side. And, And if you're on that group of keep him away, why are you so darn convinced that Justin Fields is going to come here and look the exact same as he has in three years with the Bears. Because I don't believe that to be the case either. I'm not convinced of that either. I am in the middle. 
And I think it's okay. You don't have to be on one heavy side of every take. I said it. I said it at the start of the show. I think Atlanta's a better spot for Fields for a number of reasons over Chicago. Coaching, supporting cast, and yeah, probably fit and feel. Probably fit and feel with Atlanta. I also don't think that a change of scenery and even better coaching, and he's an immediate MVP candidate. But I will say this. I see the potential that is there with Justin Fields. I like the risk. I would take that risk. But I at least understand the word risk here. There's a chance it doesn't work out. I just don't understand why people refuse to admit that. That's going to do it here on 92.9 The Game tonight. Coming up next, Damian Day-Day Lewis Prep Sports Nation. A lot of high school sports are into their postseasons and playoffs, and I'm sure he'll catch you up on all of that. I'd like to thank Garrett Chapman for his work tonight. Always enjoy working with Garrett. Thanks so much to the callers and certainly to those who participated on X or on Twitter as well. I will be back with Amy and Randy the remainder of the week. My next show will be the ABTL show on Sunday from 2 to 6. I will be back with 92.9 The Game tonight on Monday as well. Appreciate you all for joining me here on a Wednesday evening live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.